okay, I'm going to preach my message. And I didn't, didn't, do my, didn't send my PowerPoint out because uh, it's now and again I think my PowerPoints are a bit of a distraction. Um, but I should give some words that I got for some people first. I should do that, shouldn't I? Let me put that down there. <clears throat> What's your name? Caitlin, look, I got a word for you because I felt God, in the worship, I turned and looked over here and I, and I saw you. And uh, um, the picture I got was, um, it starts out not good, but it gets better. It was you, you were, um, you, you've got a real light um, that shines, but I saw all this darkness coming around you in, in all sorts of places. And, um, but you just kept on shining and, and the effect was that it just started to change everything around you. And, and the light started to affect the life, the light, the, the, what shines in you. And if you keep that just shining, it's going to have an effect over everything around you, no matter where you walk. And, and I just saw you. Um, part of my revelation this morning, we sang that song, The Whole World is Full of His Glory. Now, I don't know what your imagination was, but for the first time, God said to me, that's God's people. That's God's people carrying the presence of God. That's how the whole world gets filled with the glory of God. You know, because I've sung those things for, for years. I'm in a pain sitting here, standing here in front of that mic. I've sung those things for years and thought, oh, that's when God's presence just comes down and we can see the glory everywhere. No, 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 it's, it's you and me. It, it, and it's you, and you're just carrying it. And, and so you might not feel it, you might not even think that you can see it, but man, it was bright. And the light in you is shining bright. So, cool. Um, and Michael, I just felt you needed to write some songs. I don't, I don't know if you've had that before. I don't even know if I've even said that before. Well, maybe it is together. It is together, but, 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 but I'm going to go, you go first. I think it's a, it's a thing, but you go, go first. No, but I saw, and I'm, look, my, um, my message this, this morning, um, my title is, um, God wants you to change the world. And I felt your songs could change the world. Oh, you know, look, um, so look, here's my, my objective this morning, and, and don't get overwhelmed by it, but it's, it's, it's to inspire you to see that you can change the world. I mean, who thinks the world needs changing? Mate, does it need changing? Huge amount of things need changing. There's so much violence, greed, pain, that, you know, what Sean just did there, that, that's huge, isn't it? Like, the world needs to change. The world is full of pain, depression. You know, if the church, sorry, if the world changed, it would be a far better place. And nobody would argue that the world needs changing. You know, one of my favorite uh, scriptures, and, and what was quite cool, it was my favorite scripture, which I think my mother gave to me, or it was hers and it became mine, um, actually ended up being the same scripture that Ellen had at her, has her favorite so before we got married. So that was a good indication that we were supposed to get married together. Um, but Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, or seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Number one. You know, for me, the kingdom of God is number one. Now, the kingdom of God is more than our church. Our church is a part, but, but, but it's every Christian. It's every church. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom we're here to build, the kingdom of God. And so if you've got your Bible, which I'm sure you would have, <laughs> and uh, it's, if you turn to Mark 4, Mark, yeah, great, on your phone's fine. 
Mark 4, let me read it to you. Well, let me give you, I always like the context. So Jesus talking, first of it, he talks about the parable of the farmer scattering seed and talks about that seed on the footpath, you know, and that's Satan steals it. The enemy comes. Uh, again, one of the things I'm going, uh, uh, trying to get people to see a lot more. I don't know how, how you can do it, but, but I think there's more spiritual things happening around us than we realize. So how many people would think that they had a spiritual attack on them this week? Okay, so a few have put your hand up. Can I tell you that every day you personally have got a spiritual attack on you? There are demons are harassing you, trying to affect you. Now, I'm always careful because I don't want to get too super spiritual, everything spiritual, but I think in, in our Western world, we're too much the other way. We're too much on... You know, we just get on and we'll do it ourselves and we're just good Kiwi blokes and we're just going to get on with life. And we don't think that the, the spiritual thing's happening to us. We think this might be happening to some of the other people around us, but we don't think it. But, but, if, but if, if, you, if you're living and breathing, then the enemy is trying to affect you. He's trying to slow you. He's trying to stop you doing anything good. And the seed... Satan steals, spiritually seared. Seed on the rocky soil, no roots. Sealed among the thorns, the cares of the world. Um, and good soil produces fruit. Okay? And then it does the parable of the lamp. You know, the lamp burning bright. And then in Mark 4, verse 26, and let me read it to you. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, The seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. So that's a picture of the kingdom of God. And then in uh, verse 30, Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many story, similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, we, we sang about it at the start. You're faithful to your word. Lord, I pray this morning that you would give each person here revelation. Not revelation from me, but revelation from you, Father. Lord, I pray that uh, right now that your Holy Spirit would just flow in me and through me. Lord, that we would all be hearing from you, God. We, we want to be people that hear from you. And Lord, I then help us to, to go out and make a difference. Lord, I pray that every person here would change the world. Lord, we, we, we don't say it lightly. That's what you've called us to, to change this world. So help us to do it, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is referred, sometimes referred to as kingdom of heaven, like I said. Um, and it's the central theme of Jesus' teaching. It's his central thing about what he's here for throughout the Bible. So the kingdom of God encompasses the reign, the rule, and the realm of God in the hearts of individuals. 
So it's as an individual saying, God is my king. Um, I remember, I don't know, how many people ever remember Isaac Airfreight? Does anybody ever? Oh, there we go. A fellow who, I used to love listening to them. And, and he had this whole, it was this, he was this comedian back in, on oh, the 80s probably. And he talked about, uh, he, used, he talked a lot about King Me. And he talked about how King Me was on the throne. But King Me had to get off the throne. But King Me was a bit of a weasel and would always get back up on the throne. Uh, and, I, and, and this is a picture of a kingdom, though, where in your individual life, in my individual life, God is king. He's a sovereign. He's in control. He is the boss. Um, uh, our problem is, is that uh, you know, we try and think of kings. And if we think of it in, a, in our realm now, it's... Um, Charles is king, and we just think there's no power in that. It's, it's it's just a figment. It's not it's not like say King David or King Solomon, who would have been just just the power and authority of that king was he was the ruler, and what he said went, and you didn't you didn't answer back. You didn't chat back. You, 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 he was king. And it's the same with, with God in our lives. We want him to be king. Uh, it's the community of believers. And it's the ultimate fulfillment of God's purposes in the world. It's about fulfilling God's purpose. <clears throat> so God's sovereign rule, uh, it's a spiritual realm where God's will is done. Uh, it represents reign and authority over God and over all creation. It's a zone where we live, where we go, I live in the realm which is earthly and heavenly, where God is the king. Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Matthew 6, verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And, and look, one of the hard things with spiritual things is that I think we separate them from ourselves a lot. We sort, sort of see it as something either above us or ahead of us, eternity-wise. But it's about now living in a zone where God is king in your natural and your spiritual working together. I don't, I don't think God sees them as two. I think he sees them as one. They're one realm. Uh, it has present and future dimensions. So it's about now, kingdom now, but it's also about a kingdom to come. And it's about the transformation work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. It's a, it's a changing kingdom because you and I are changing to be more like Jesus. How close do you think you are to being like Jesus out of 10? <laughs> Actually, it's easier. Why don't you rate somebody else? <laughs> How close is your spouse or your friend's? You know, in a sense, though, it's that change that in us that's going to change the world. Um, Mark 1.15 says, The time has come. He said, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe. So the kingdom is now, but it's future. The, the only thing I find with that is that I think if we think it's future, we think of all the benefits more further ahead of us than we think of the benefits right now. You know, like, yes, heaven on earth. Like, oh, yeah, but that'll be when we get to eternity. But I believe that's now. And, and it's about us walking and living in that kingdom. 
Uh, the kingdom of God, number three, is personally transformational. I need to be changing. You need to be changing. It's about our lives changing as believers. And the whole world full of the glory of God is that you and I have changed so much that people can see it. You know, one of the, you know, um, one of the exciting things for me lately has been that, you know, B&I, Sean and I are in B&I. How many people know what B&I is because we've talked about it before? How many people have got no idea what it is? Oh. So B&I is a business network international, that's what it's called. It's a business group that um, our church hosts four of these business groups a week. They're breakfast and they're, they're it's not a Christian organization, it's a business organization, and it's all about giving work. Um, Sean goes to the Tuesday group, I go to the Wednesday group, there's room for someone to go to the Thursday and the Friday group. And um, I think one of the things that, that the reason I go is because I think, um, I've, I've had enough of spending time with too many Christians, really. <laughs> And I thought, it's all really very well for me to tell you that you need to be a witness and that you make a difference and me not do it. So I've joined this Wednesday group and it is phenomenal. Like, it is absolutely phenomenal. And probably the highest compliment I got was a lady saying, um, a lady who's doing Alpha, saying to someone else, why wouldn't we go and do Alpha? So we've got six of our BNI people doing Alpha with us. Like, like, and it is just, it's just crazy. But, but what was amazing about it was this lady said, and, and she picked out three people in our group, me, Chelsea, and Jono, who's d- speaking tonight, and said, said to this guy, why wouldn't you want to go along to it? Those three people are totally different. They've got something. And I know about you, I got excited about that. Does people look at you and go, man, that person's like Jesus? I mean, that's our objective. Is it the way we talk, the way we do things? Not in church, because you all look like Jesus in church. (laughs) And being a Christian in church is a piece of cake, isn't it? It's what are you like on Monday and Tuesday? And does every interaction you have with people make them go, they've got something? There's something different about them. I want what they've got. I mean, that's what it should be, shouldn't it? Transformed. The kingdom of God is about a community of believers who submit to God's rule and live in accordance with his principles. This community is often referred to as a church, but its whole thing is to proclaim the value and missions of the kingdom, reflecting God's love, grace, righteousness to the world. We've got to shine. If we really believe that we're here to change the world, which is why Jesus came, we've got to be lights that shine. Social justice and restoration. It's an eternal hope. I'm rushing through it. So I think we've all got to see that we have a part in that and that we can change the world. Um, you know, uh, I, I had an encounter with God about two and a half years ago, and then about about five weeks ago, I had another encounter with God. Um, at the time, I probably didn't understand a lot of it, and slowly it's been sort of revealed to me in that. But one of the things that I said is everything goes from smaller to bigger and bigger to smaller, which is seed. Seed goes from smaller to bigger. 
The kingdom of God is about things going from smaller to bigger. You know, okay, <laughs> how many people would like world peace? Like that, that used to be the number one thing that you did in a fashion, one of those pageants, wasn't it? What would you like to see? World peace. But I don't know about you, I think world peace would be a really good thing. But you know, world peace starts with personal peace. So number one, if we want world peace, I've got to carry a peace. Do you have personal peace? And the only way you can have personal peace is to have Jesus in your life. It starts from the inside. It starts small. But if I've got personal peace, hopefully I've got marriage peace, if I'm married. That makes a difference. Or family peace. I want to be a person who carries peace everywhere I go. So I've got personal peace. I've got peace in my marriage. I've got peace in my family. I've got peace in my friendships and my relationships. I've got peace in my business and, and where I work. And if we all carry that peace, then we might even have city peace. Or omokoroa peace. Because we carry peace. And we might even have church peace. That'd be a good thing. (laughs) We have that. That's okay. (laughs) But you think about it. Church peace. City peace. If we could get peace here, maybe we could get national peace. Peace in our country. Because it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? (laughs) We could even get traffic peace. (laughs) transformational New Zealand peace world peace we want kindness we want patience we want generosity it starts with me and this is where I'm supposed to sing I'm starting with the man in the mirror (laughs) For all what we want to say, Michael had a bit of wisdom there, didn't he? It starts with me. You imagine a world where God's kingdom was fully established. It would have an effect on everybody. Everybody would have a relationship with God. Like, like. If it was the kingdom of God, then everyone would have that relationship. And, and look, just getting a relationship with God changes your world. Changes you, doesn't it? How many people believe that when they got saved, it changed? Changed everything. So that's the same for everybody. <clears throat> they would experience his love, presence, guidance. Oh, imagine if we were just all guided by the Holy Spirit. What a different world that would be. <clears throat> Closely walking with them. We'd be producing the fruit of the Spirit. Love. world needs more love. Joy. Oh my goodness. Like that's everyone would have joy. Because that's what the kingdom of God is. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, genuineness, self-control. Oh, imagine if the world had self-control. I know um, Pastor um, Phil used to always say that if, um, if everybody just went to bed at 10 o'clock, if everybody just went to bed at 10 o'clock, there'd be so much less trouble in the world and got up at six, eight hours of sleep. That would be just a brilliant, it makes a big difference. <clears throat> 
The old patterns of sin and brokenness would be replaced with godliness and righteousness. We'd be living a life of abundance and fulfillment, full of joy, peace, contentment. We'd be living the dream. So lately, and I don't even know why I started doing it, is people would ask, how, how am I? And I'd say, I'm living the dream. And they'd look at me sort of going, what do you mean? Well, I live in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I'm right on the inside. I'm in that domain. I'm living in heaven. I'm living the dream. Like that's, and that's true. And, and, and you know, that, that verse talked about it started to happen automatically. Like, did you pick that up? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep and awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces crops all on its own. Do you know that as I change and I carry that light with me, it just becomes automatic. It just grows. It grows in our influence. Like, I can't believe it. Like, the change in people that I'm around. Because I'm changing and I'm going more and more about, I've got to be like Jesus. So I've got to be more patient, but I've got to carry the Holy Spirit. I've got to know that I can pray for people. I've got to, I've got to live it. And, but it starts to happen automatically. It's not even a chore. You know, I'm smiling all the time. Why? Because I'm happy. I'm enjoying life. Life's a dream. Now, have I got some stuff that's going wrong on the outside? Oh, my goodness. The enemy's trying his hardest on all sorts of things. But it doesn't affect me because I'm in another kingdom. I'm not in that kingdom, so I keep saying, get out. You're not allowed to affect me. Um, about, I think it's about six weeks ago, we had Pastor Luke come. And uh, on the Sunday morning in Tauranga, uh, he sort of fumbled through his message. You could go have and look at watch his message if you wanted on uh, on um, I think it's on the online podcast, or you can listen to the podcast, but you could also go watch it. And he sort of fumbles through his message, trying to work out what he said to me. Is he said God just he just didn't know what God wanted him to say to us as a church, and he you know he's prophetic. I, I call him he's my prophet. You know, he's got, if he says some things, there's not many people that I go, yeah, no, they've really got a prophet anointing. He's definitely got it. And so he fumbles through his sort of message and then finally gets it and sort of says, look, I believe this is for the church. But what he did, which probably made me feel totally uncomfortable, is that he, he pointed at me, which is really not very comfortable, and he said, and it all starts with you. And he said it about three times. I thought, mate, what are you doing putting it on me? There's all these people in here. It'd be much better if you did it on somebody else. It's all on John. <laughs> it's all on Michael. It starts with Michael. Like, it was really uncomfortable. And I felt this weight, and I thought, mate, what are you doing? You don't do that because it's not about me. It's Sean. <laughs> But it starts with me. 
And, and his vision was to change the world. And I'm sitting there, but, but we live in Tauranga. I do say we live in the best place in the world. But it all starts. Now, in a sense, I go, it starts with us. But if I say it starts with us, then we all just sit back and relax and go, great, that's Sean, not me. But if I point to you and go, it starts with you, like that's a bit, it's a bit over the top for church. You're not supposed to single people out. But it starts with you. And do you believe that you could change the world? So I was talking to a person uh, about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. And this guy is involved in some pretty big stuff uh, on an international scale. Uh, And I'm asking him, you know, you're, you're having a huge influence like, he's recently spoken to NATO, uh, a segment of NATO about what they need to do. Like, like he's, like he's really, and I said, well, what, are you, what are you doing? And he, and he sort of said, well, I can see if I can help here that we're going to change how, you know, we're, we're seeding some thoughts that will change how this nation looks at things. And then if they could change, this would change this. And this would mean that, you know, deep down for me, it would mean that we'd be far more violence in the world. And he was totally convinced that what he was doing was going to change the world. And I thought, mate, why do we think so much so small? You don't know who you could be influencing. This world has shrunk so much. You know, you can know someone anywhere. You can have influence with people you don't even know now, you know. But it all starts with us believing that we are the, we, we're carrying Jesus, the glory of God, into the world, that we are making a difference, that everything we do makes a difference to people. I believe as a church we're called to change the world. Now, we've had lots of prophecies of that. And I think lots of other churches have had it well. I don't think, in a sense, I don't think we're the only, but you see what we, uh, that God wants it for every person. But see, what happens in our mind is we go, okay, that's not me. We always think it's everyone else. But you're called to change the world. And the ripple effects are huge. And I don't know about you, you know, like, Okay, I'm up for that. Like, I'm, I don't want to do anything else but change the world. If it could be like heaven on earth here, maybe that's what the church is called to do. But we've got to change. And it all starts with you. Pressure. <laughs> Tell me about it. Pressure. We've got to get a vision that if we're like Jesus, we're going to change the world about it. And that means there's some things we're going to have to go and apologize for. We're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to change some of our responses. You know, uh, Pastor Luca then talked to some of our leaders in the afternoon. Um, and uh, then he talked to, he, he preached a great message on the Sunday night, which was great. And then he sat down with uh, Eleanor and I, and he drew this picture. And he said, 
So this is, what is it, the 7th of May. And he drew this line and then put a line through like this. And he said, this is everything that's happened up until this point here. It's everything that's happened. It's all been the right thing, the right place, you coming here, everything that's happened. People who have been here who aren't. It's all been the right thing, right to here. But he said, from this day, everything changes. We sang that song this, this morning. He says it changes. And he did this dot, dot, dot. And then he drew a mountain. So if you go listen to the message, he talks about as a, as, as a church influencing the seven mountains. And he said, the mountains are over here. He says, as a church, you're now in transition. Everything changes. And I've been going, well, what does that mean? Everything changes. We've got to believe that we can affect the world and change the world. Do you believe you can change the world? Everything you have is your resources that God's given you to change the world. Whether that's time, finances. Christine and I, oh, and I, think, I think I saw John and Mary, we went to a funeral yesterday. The funeral was for uh, Pastor, uh, I should have called him Philip uh, Collis, but I called him Pastor Phil. I was probably being a bit naughty because that's all I'd ever heard him. But anyhow, we went to a, a, a uh, funeral for Pastor Phil Collis, who was the pastor before my father of our church. So our church, if you don't know, is 66 years old. And 40 years ago, um, my family moved here. I was 15. We moved to Tauranga. And my dad took over the church from Pastor Phil. So Pastor Phil's been back in our church for the last seven years, Pastor Phil and Audrey. <coughs> but he's the one who bought the land and the building. Uh, for which in, in uh, Otomoto there, which the church is on, and and I tell the story every week to somebody who's who comes and wants to have a look at the um, church, especially the pastors, to to you know to give them a bit of vision. Is that you know he the church used to be across the road where Otomoto Baptist is, so it used to be there, and uh, he once looked across the road and God felt God say to him that. The land across the road, which was an orchard at the time and had an old house, was a house. It was a, the 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 land um, for for them to build a church on. Their church had got so big they were in the town hall. It was that seventies time where it was just revival. You know, God was really moving, and we're fifty years on from that. Just so so you know, if you think fifty years, I think we're just coming around again for another season of that. But um, he. Um, Went across, found the piece of land, went to the owner. The owner said, look, I'm, you know, he asked if he wants to sell it. He says, look, I'm about to um, sell it to some developers. They've offered me $250,000 for the, for the land. Um, what, what, you know, what were you thinking? And he goes, oh, I was thinking a hundred grand. <clears throat> and um, the guy went away and prayed for it. Prayed it. Well, I think he was a Christian, but went away. Either God got on his case and he sold that land. To them, and you know, Pastor Phil sits down with them at 100, 100 grand, um, and the guy goes, So, how are you going to pay for it? And he goes, Oh, that's the other thing, we've got no money, will you lend us the money for it for a year? Like, like that's huge. But that building now is, is, is a big influence on the community, you know. Now, I know you're out here, and I think we'll, we'll have the same out here in time, but everything take, takes time, you've got to sign. But because he sowed in there, we're reaping the benefits of that in the church, you know. And the, and the guy who, who um, about five years ago, the, um, a guy came into our church and got saved. And we were talking to him, and he says, "Oh, my granddad used to own this piece of land and sold it." 
here we go, 45 years later, that granddad seeded the salvation of his grandson. You know, we don't know the effect. And you know, you know, Pastor Phil went to the Lord last week at, at 10 o'clock, church time, in church, which was quite, quite amazing. But that influence goes on. And I don't know if you've ever read Hebrews 11 at the end of Hebrews 11. Let me just read you Hebrews 11. I felt it before. It's not in my notes, but I've lost my notes anyway now. We're out of the notes. Hebrews 11, right at the end, it says this. All these people, so if you know Hebrews 11, go back and read it, but it's all these amazing people. Some of them who saw things, but some of them who who didn't, you know. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them none of them received all that God has had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. What does that mean? That means that Pastor Phil cannot receive his reward yet. Because he seeded a whole lot of things that are still happening today that you and I are a part of. It's like it's all linked in together of the kingdom of God. We're all we're not an island. You're not an individual. You can't be an individual Christian. It just not. It just doesn't doesn't go. We're all affecting each other, and that the perfection or what's in the future can't be reached until we all get there. Like, it's mind-blowing. And doesn't that make you think, hey, I can make a difference that will go on? I always used to challenge all my youth leaders. If your job was just to influence and disciple one person that went on to be a Billy Graham, would you be okay with that? If that's what God called you, well, you've got to go, yeah, that's... And that's... But at the same time, I go, man, if your call is just to reach your neighbour next door, your people you work with. Like, that's what we're there to do. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this room. And Lord, I pray for each person here. Lord, whatever it is that they need to do, whatever they need to change, Lord, we want you to be sovereign in our life. We want you to be our king. We make you our king. We come, we humble ourselves, and Father, we commit to changing what we need to change to be more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us. I didn't get to talk, just keep your eyes closed, but I didn't get to talk about the spiritual realm, which I wanted to talk a bit more about, but... You know, the enemy harasses if you've been feeling depression, if you've had any um, anything go wrong in a relationship, if you've had anything happen in your business. Like, that's the enemy's having a go at you. But I felt as I was standing there before that there was a voice that had come to someone telling them uh, like it was bad news. And I believe that the bad news was a enemy, a demonic thing trying to tell you some bad news and that bad news that you got has just, it's just affected everything in your life and it's a spirit 
that's trying to harass you and tell you something that's not true. It could be more than one person, but I really felt we needed to pray for that person. So if you feel that you've been spiritually harassed by some bad news, I just want you just to stand where you are. It might be to do with someone in your family. It could be, it could be but I just see this enemy trying to sow a seed of, of negativity and hopelessness into someone's life. Holy Spirit. Anyone else? Okay, we're just going to pray. And if you speak in tongues, I want you just to begin to speak in tongues. We're a Pentecostal church, so we're okay with that. Let's just start by speaking in tongues. You speak in tongues. Father, we pray for these circumstances. And Lord, I pray that faith would come. Lord, right now we come against these harassing spirits that keep taking away the seed of hope and the seed of promise. And we pray right now for faith to flow. Holy Spirit, you want to prosper these people? And I just come and we bind the strong man, the, 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 the sentence. And Lord, it may have come through even someone we know or someone, but, but it's not the truth. If Peter can one minute be saying the, the revelation of God and the next minute saying the wrong thing, so, so can sometimes his, his church. So Father, I just pray, Lord, right now that we just bind that spirit and that voice. And those that are standing, and, and I, even if it's someone else, you haven't stood up, but you feel that there's a harassment, you need to get to two people, two people that are going to pray with you and just say, we need to just hit this spiritual attack. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Why don't we all stand? <clears throat> Maybe Michael or musicians can come. Lord, I pray you'd help us to change. Lord, we know it all starts with us. Help us to change that we would change the world. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it starts by entering into his kingdom. And to come into his kingdom, all you have to do is to ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. It's a change of kingdom, a change of authority, a change of position. God wants to be your king. He wants to be your Lord. And if you want to know how to do that, then talk to to someone, ask them. And and I know most people here that have been a Christian would be able to just talk to you about that. But you've got to make a decision. It's it's a decision that you have to make to come into that kingdom. You just don't waltz in. There you go. You have to enter it and say, hey, I want to be a citizen. I want to come under the rulership. Lord, forgive me. I've been a sinner. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Father, I pray for fresh authority in people here, Father. Lord, that they would live that authority. Lord, help us to be more like you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.